Welcome to Upon Reflection, a podcast about reasoning, well-being, and technology. I'm Nick Bird. I study the philosophy of cognitive science and the cognitive science of philosophy. In this podcast, I'll read my 2022 paper in Review of Philosophy and Psychology titled, Great Minds Do Not Think Alike. Philosophers' Views Predicted by Reflection, Education, Personality, and Other Demographic Differences. As the title suggests, various psychological factors predicted variance in philosophers' answers to classic philosophical questions. Previously, this kind of statistical prediction of philosophical tendencies from psychological factors had been found only among non-philosophers. So this result has implications for scientific psychologists as well as academic philosophy. As always, free preprints of my papers are available on my CV at birdnick.com forward slash CV under publications. This episode is sponsored by Pimsleur. Pimsleur claims to help you become conversational in another language quickly and effectively so that you can understand and be understood when speaking to someone in another language. Find out more at the link in the podcast description. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe wherever you find podcasts, follow on Twitter at bird underscore Nick, or follow on Facebook at birdnick, or find me on one of the other platforms. Comments and questions can be submitted at birdnick.com forward slash contact. And of course, if you end up enjoying this podcast, feel free to tell people about it online, in person, or in your review. Great minds do not think alike. Philosophers' views predicted by reflection, education, personality, and other demographic differences. Abstract. Prior research found correlations between reflection test performance and philosophical tendencies among laypeople. In two large studies of about 1,299 people, one of them pre-registered, many of these correlations were replicated in a sample that included both laypeople and philosophers. For example, reflection test performance predicted preferring atheism over theism, and instrumental harm over harm avoidance on the trolley problem. However, most reflection philosophy correlations were undetected when controlling for other factors such as numeracy, preferences for open-minded thinking, personality, philosophical training, age, and gender. Nonetheless, some correlations between reflection and philosophical views survived this multivariate analysis and were only partially confounded with either education or self-reported reasoning preferences. Unreflective thinking still predicted believing in God, whereas reflective thinking still predicted believing that proper names like Santa Claus do not necessarily refer to entities that actually exist, and that science does reveal the fundamental nature of the world. So some robust relationships between reflection and philosophical tendencies were detected even among philosophers, and yet there was clearly more to the link between reflection and philosophy. To this end, demographic and metaphilosophical hypotheses are considered. Introduction. Although philosophers admit that they appeal to intuition to motivate some of the premises in their arguments, reflective thinking has also been considered important for good philosophical inquiry and an essential dimension of philosophically significant topics such as knowledge, logic, ethics, and more. So it may be unsurprising that philosophical training correlates positively with reflective reasoning. However, both philosophers and scientists have suggested that reflective reasoning tends towards certain philosophical judgments or views. Despite this prediction, it remains unclear how reflection actually relates to philosophers' philosophical tendencies. Although philosophers' beliefs are now being studied empirically, we do not yet have many quantitative tests of the links between philosophers' reflection and their philosophical tendencies. There are, however, quantitative behavioral tests of intuitive and reflective reasoning tendencies. 
These reflection tests have two key features. First, they lure participants towards a particular incorrect response, and second, they can be solved correctly with a moment's reflection. Consider an example. If a bat and a ball cost $1.10 in total, and the bat costs a dollar more than the ball, then how much does the ball cost? This well-known bat and ball problem is designed to lure people toward incorrectly answering 10 cents, even though a moment's reflection can reveal that the correct answer is actually 5 cents. When participants read and think aloud about reflection test questions in real time, their verbalizations confirm that correct responses usually involve reconsidering an initial response or offering reasons for another response, and that lured responses usually do not, much like philosopher's notion of reflection, which involves, quote, backing up and bringing an impulse into view, end quote, to, quote, compensate for the immediate force of an impulse, which might not be the most advantageous, end quote. Some evidence suggests that cognitive reflection tests measure a stable trait. Regardless of whether reflection test performance fulfills all the characteristics of traits, people who reason more reflectively about math have also reasoned more reflectively about logic, Newtonian physics, and probability, suggesting that reflection tests measure reasoning habits that feature in domains beyond the test itself. Indeed, reflection test performance also predicts variance in certain philosophical tendencies. People who performed worse on reflection tests have also tended toward theism, social conservatism, acceptance of utilitarian sacrifices, and moral side effect effects. However, the robustness of the correlations between reflection test performance and philosophical tendencies is not yet well understood empirically. While some links between reflection and philosophical judgment seem fairly robust, they are not found in all populations. One population whose philosophical tendencies and reflection test performance have yet to be thoroughly studied is academic philosophers. Existing research has tended to focus on laypeople and judgments about particular thought experiments, rather than philosophers and their general philosophical views. And the latter cannot be straightforwardly inferred from the former. For example, even if reflection test performance predicts the so-called utilitarian response to the famous trolley problem among laypeople, it wouldn't necessarily follow that reflection test performance predicts believing everything that philosophers consider essential to utilitarianism. Moreover, because laypeople lack the formal training in philosophy that philosophers receive, the correlates of each population's philosophical tendencies may differ substantially. Laypeople's intuitions about thought experiments have been nudged by subtle differences in wording. For example, judgments about free will varied depending on whether the thought experiments included the words psychologists, mind, and thoughts, rather than neuroscientists, brains, and neural processes. Furthermore, not all intuitions about thought experiments track more considered philosophical judgments because not all thought experiments are, say, paradoxes designed to force people to resolve potential contradictions between two or more common intuitions. So, due to both training and the scope of judgment, the philosophical view of professional philosophers may be more considered than the intuition of a layperson who's seeing a philosophical thought experiment for the first time. If that is right, then we may glean additional insight about philosophical thinking by studying not just laypeople, but also philosophers. And not just their intuitions about recherche cases, but also their acceptance of more general philosophical views. So far, only a relatively small study of philosophers and their reflection test performance has been published, but this and prior work on the issue used less than optimal reflection tests. So there's still a need for a larger conceptual replication and extension of existing findings involving both laypeople and philosophers using both original and state-of-the-art reflection tests, as well as 
measures of both intuitions about particular thought experiments and acceptance of more general philosophical views. This paper fills this proverbial gap in the literature. Its pre-registered replication and extension finds that some of the links between reflection test performance and philosophical tendencies that have been found among non-philosophers replicated in a sample that includes philosophers, even after controlling for factors such as education, mathematical ability, reasoning preferences, personality, age, and gender. Nonetheless, this replication attempt also suggested that most reflection philosophy correlations were confounded with these other factors. Overall, this suggests that there is certainly more to philosophical tendencies than reflection test performance. But reflection test performance remains a robust predictor of variance in some philosophical tendencies. Section 2. From experiments on laypeople to observations of laypeople and philosophers. Although philosophical tendencies have correlated with reflection test performance, some correlations between reflection and philosophical tendencies have depended on factors such as culture, education, and personality. Also, experimentally manipulating reflection's impact on philosophical judgments has proven to be more challenging than observing correlations between reflection test performance and philosophical judgments. Reviewing these literatures will help explain the design of the current research. 2.1. Correlates of philosophical tendencies. Philosophical tendencies, whether intuitions about thought experiments or broader philosophical stances, have been found to correlate not only with reflection test performance, but also with culture, education, and personality. Culture. As the scope of psychological research expanded beyond Western, educated, industrialized, rich, and democratic countries, aka weird countries, researchers realized that many of their findings may not generalize to other countries. Philosophers have also found cross-cultural variation in people's philosophical judgments. For example, the moral side-effect effect that has been found in weird societies seems to have reversed in two traditional non-weird cultures. Cross-cultural differences in responses to moral dilemmas have also been found. Moreover, the correlations between reflection and philosophical tendencies have varied between weird and non-weird societies. These results raise questions about cross-cultural differences in philosophical thinking, such as whether correlations between reflection and philosophical tendencies will vary by culture, and not just in the macro-cultural comparisons, such as between weird and non-weird nations, but in more micro-cultural comparisons, such as between populations that differ along one of the weird dimensions, such as education. Education. Some philosophical judgments have been found to vary by class. For instance, differences in class have correlated with differences in moral judgments about thought experiments and epistemic judgments about thought experiments. However, not all researchers have been able to replicate these findings. These mixed findings can raise questions about latent variables that could be confounded with philosophical tendencies or class, such as education, a common proxy of class. The idea is that if differences in philosophical tendencies only intermittently correlate with some other variable, whether class or reflection test performance, then we could determine if this indeterminacy has to do with previously unanalyzed differences in a related variable like education. For example, reflection test performance increases with education, particularly training in philosophy, which can also correlate with certain philosophical tendencies. So if we wanted to know how philosophical tendencies were predicted by variables like class or reflection test performance, both of which correlate with education, then we'd want to control for education. After all, it's an empirical question whether a variable like education will explain more variance in philosophical tendencies than our primary predictor variables, whether it's class or reflection test performance. Personality. 
Early experimental philosophy found that intuitions about philosophical thought experiments correlated with personality. In addition to intuitions about thought experiments, personality traits have correlated with religious and political attitudes. More recently, a meta-analysis of 25 studies found robust support for the personality-philosophy relationship among non-philosophers. There's also some evidence that even philosophers' judgments about thought experiments correlate with personality. However, some have found that some personality-philosophy links were not cross-culturally stable, suggesting that demographic differences may impact whether personality predicts philosophical differences. 2.2. Reflections Correlates and Confounders Philosophy-reflection correlations have also depended on gender and personality, suggesting that the correlations may be explained by other factors. Reflection, morality, and gender. Correlations between reflection test performance and moral decisions are sometimes detected among men, but not women. This raises questions of whether reflection philosophy correlations are explained by some other phenomena, such as reflection gender correlations. Such confounding would not be surprising, given that some philosophical judgments have been found to be related to both gender and reflection test performance. Reflection, personality, and gender. Reflection has also been found to correlate with openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism, but the correlations with agreeableness and conscientiousness were not significant when controlling for gender. This raises questions about whether prior relationships between reflection and philosophical judgments could be confounded with factors such as personality or gender. 2.3. Manipulating versus observing reflection. Researchers frequently find that inducing reflective or unreflective reasoning is more difficult than earlier work suggested. The difficulty of detecting the effects of momentary manipulations of reflection on philosophical tendencies has reinvigorated normative disputes about experimental philosophy and reflection. Of course, it may be that reflection has a different impact on intuitions about strange cases than it does on our settled philosophical stances about more ordinary matters. If so, then even if momentary manipulation of reflection had a reliable impact on intuitions about thought experiments, such manipulations may nonetheless have little or no impact on more considered philosophical views, such as the philosophical views of academic philosophers. What's more, if the disposition to reflect can have long-term impacts on philosophical tendencies, then differences in reflection test performance may correlate with those philosophical tendencies. Of course, if reflectiveness is unrelated to the psychological processes underlying philosophical tendencies, then it should be difficult to detect correlations between reflection test performance and philosophical tendencies. Also, if philosophers turn out to be so reflective that they reliably get perfect scores on reflection tests, then there will not be enough variance in their reflection test scores to predict variance in their philosophical views. For those reasons, large observational studies and their replications are promising non-experimental tools for testing potential links between reflection and philosophical tendencies among both philosophers and laypeople. 2.4. The Current Research this paper presents a large conceptual replication of the observed relationships between reflection, test performance, and philosophical tendencies. This investigation extends this literature by recruiting philosophers, employing less familiar and less mathematical reflection test items, and controlling for nearly a dozen other factors. This pre-registered study was based on a prior study that was motivated in large part by hypotheses generated from the above-mentioned evidence as well as potentially competing hypotheses posed by anonymous reviewers and fellow philosophers. Hypothesis 1. Reflective Convergence The bivariate correlations between reflection test performance and certain philosophical tendencies that have been found among lay people will also be found in samples that include philosophers. Hypothesis 2. 
full reflection philosophy confound. Variance in some philosophical tendencies will be explained by demographic factors such as education rather than by reflection test performance. Hypothesis 3. Partial reflection philosophy confound. Even if reflection test performance correlates with certain philosophical tendencies above and beyond other factors, some of the shared variance between reflection and those philosophical tendencies will be explained by other factors. Hypothesis 4. Reflective ceiling effect. Academic philosophers are so reflective that there will not be enough variance in their reflection test performance to predict variance in their philosophical tendencies. Hypothesis 5. Intuition-belief alignment. Reflection should correlate with both intuitions about particular thought experiments and acceptance of the more general philosophical views associated with those intuitions. For example, if reflection predicts the so-called utilitarian response to the trolley problem, then reflection would also predict acceptance of the utilitarian view of ethics more generally. This pre-registered replication and extension did not find support for the latter two hypotheses, vindicating the importance of investigating how reflection relates not only to intuitions about particular thought experiments, but also acceptance of more general philosophical views. However, this research did find support for the first three hypotheses, suggesting that even philosophers' reflectiveness can be a robust predictor of their philosophical views related to the existence of God, the reality of scientific theories, and the reference of words, even after controlling for factors that better explained variance in other philosophical tendencies. Overall, these data provide further empirical justification for philosophers' quote, preoccupation with reflection, end quote and its role in philosophical thinking, even if there is more to philosophical tendencies than just reflective reasoning. Pre-registration, data, and scripts are on the open science framework. APA and IRB guidelines were followed for all studies and analyses. Section 3. Studies. 3.1. Method. Participants. Past meta-analyses suggest that the expected philosophy reflection effect size would be a correlation of about 0.18, or else 0.2. This study was pre-registered and designed to test the replicability of a prior study that included philosophers and improve upon its representativeness by recruiting from more and more varied participant pools. The second study also aimed to obtain at least 80% power to detect the prior study's average reflection philosophy correlation of 0.1, with an error probability of about 0.05 by securing G-Power's suggested sample size of 782 participants. LighterReports.TypePad.com, DailyNews.com, and the Philosop Listserv recruited 745 respondents, while Amazon Mechanical Turk simultaneously recruited 225 participants. An a priori decision was made to exclude all incomplete surveys and insincere surveys, that is, the two participants who admitted that they randomly selected answers, leaving a final sample of 705. Procedure and Materials Data were collected in 2019 using Qualtrics in accordance with Florida State University IRB Protocol 2018.25325. Participants answered questions about their education, philosophical preferences, and personality before completing a state-of-the-art reflection test. Education. Participants reported whether they had or were a candidate for a PhD in philosophy. Response options were bivalent, yes or no. Philosophical tendencies. All participants were asked to report their position on the 19 fill papers survey items that seemed most similar to the kinds of questions that have correlated with reflection test performance among laypeople, such as questions related to non-natural entities, non-physical entities, religion, science, politics, and morality, and that were easiest to translate into ordinary language, 
more on that below. Only 40 participants completed the optional but pre-registered 20-item processed association moral dilemma battery, preventing sufficient power to detect the expected effects and therefore include in the present investigation. Descriptive statistics for the responses on the fill papers items can be found in Table 1. To limit jargon, participants that reported not having or being a candidate for a PhD in philosophy received jargon-free translations developed in cooperation with the Department of Philosophy at the University of Colorado. So, for example, the question, free will, incompatibilism or compatibilism, was translated to, if every event in the universe is determined, do you think it's possible that there could be free will? Response options ranged from accepting or leaning towards one answer versus accepting or leaning towards the other answer with two other options, I don't know and no inclination. Following Borgay and Chalmers, responses to philosophy items were coded from negative 2 to 2, such that one of the two response options was negative and the other was positive. One advantage of this coding scheme is that it not only reflects the original question's framing, a choice between two alternatives, as opposed to separate dummy codes for each response option, which fails to reflect participants' contrast class for each response option, but it also reflects the strength of participants' endorsements, i.e. accepting a response was given a higher absolute value of 2 than merely leaning towards a response, such as 1. Another advantage of this coding scheme manifests when interpreting the results section. Negative regression coefficients indicate a variable that predicted the philosophical response option that was coded negatively, and vice versa. All fill papers items from the prior study were reused in this study, except for a change to one of the jargon-free items about language. The prior study's jargon-free item about language mentioned the words Santa Claus as an example. Colleagues who commented on drafts of the prior study recommended also including a non-fictitious example to overcome a potential confound between participants' general intuitions about linguistic reference, that is, to what the words Santa Claus refer, and more specific intuitions about fictitious versus real reference, such as whether the words Santa Claus refer to something real. So the replication's jargon-free language item mentioned both, quote, Santa Claus and, quote, dolphin, end quote. Personality. Following prior surveys of philosophers, all participants completed a brief, validated, and widely used Big Five personality assessment by rating their agreement with statements such as, quote, I see myself as disorganized, careless, end quote, on a seven-point scale ranging from disagree strongly to agree strongly. Reflection. After completing the education, philosophy, and personality items, participants completed a reflection test battery. Toward the end of the reflection test battery were items adapted from the three-item cognitive reflection test, with questions like, a bat and a ball cost $1.10 in total, the bat costs a dollar more than the ball, so how much does the ball cost? New reflection test. The original cognitive reflection test is so widely used that many participants are already familiar with its questions and answers. Indeed, the prior study that motivated this replication found that 28% of participants reported familiarity with the CRT questions and 13% reported familiarity with its answers. Moreover, this reflection test familiarity was often a better predictor of philosophical tendencies than reflection test performance itself. Fortunately, there's some evidence that performance on this original mathematical test is, quote, robust to multiple exposures, end quote. Another concern is that CRT performance has been found to be remarkably similar to general math test performance. 
To overcome these potential confounds with familiarity and numeracy, the replications participants completed 14 newer reflection test items that are less familiar and mostly non-mathematical before they completed the three-item cognitive reflection test. Three mathematical reflection test prompts asked questions such as, quote, if it takes two nurses two minutes to measure the blood pressure of two patients, how long would it take 200 nurses to measure the blood pressure of 200 participants, end quote. Nine logical reflection test items such as, quote, all flowers have petals, roses have petals, if these two statements are true, can we conclude from them that roses are flowers, end quote, in which the logical validity of the syllogism is incongruent with the believability of their conclusions thereby luring participants into evaluating syllogisms according to the believability of the conclusion rather than the argument's logical validity, also known as belief bias. The replication also included two verbal reflection items from, among others, Sirota and colleagues, including, quote, Anne's father has a total of $5. Lala, Lele, Lili, Lolo, and blank. What is the name of the fifth daughter? End quote. All reflection test responses were collected using a validated multiple-choice format. To reduce measurement error, both the lured and correct response were used to create an unreflective and reflective parameter, and all other non-lured incorrect responses were ignored. An unreflective parameter was computed by summing only the lured responses, and a reflective parameter was computed by summing only correct responses. To test for reflection while controlling for variables that are thought to be confounded with reflection, the replication also included more general measures of logical competence, numeracy, and preferences for open-minded thinking. Logical competence. Of the seven logical syllogisms, three included quantifiers such as some or all, as follows. Quote, in a box, some red things are square and some square things are large. What can we conclude? Some red things are large. All red things are large. We can't conclude anything about red things and large things. End quote. The other four syllogisms lacked quantifiers but contained unfamiliar words, such as, quote, All lalubes are rich. Sandy is a lalube. If these two statements are true, can we conclude from them that Sandy is rich? End quote. Correct responses to these questions were summed for each participant. Numeracy. To measure mathematical competence, participants were asked to complete the four-item Berlin numeracy test with questions such as, imagine we're throwing a five-sided die 50 times. On average, out of these 50 throws, how many times would this five-sided die show an odd number, such as 1, 3, or 5? 5 out of 50 throws? 25 out of 50 throws? 30 out of 50 throws? Or none of the above? End quote. Correct responses were summed for each participant. Open-minded thinking. Next, participants completed the 10-item actively open-minded thinking scale by rating their agreement with statements such as, quote, people should revise their beliefs in response to new information or evidence, end quote, on a five-point scale ranging from completely disagree to completely agree. After reverse coding items accordingly, actively open-minded thinking ratings were summed. Age. Some evidence suggests that age correlates with reflection and personality, so participants in the replication reported their age by selecting their year of birth. Age was computed by subtracting these birth years from the year that the study was conducted. 3.2. Results. Descriptive statistics. Table 3 reports sample sizes, ranges, means, and standard deviations for reflection test performance among philosophers and non-philosophers from the present studies, as well as others. In line with past work, philosophers were more reflective than other samples. Having completed graduate coursework in philosophy predicted more correct responses and fewer lured responses on reflection tests from both studies. 
Even among those with this advanced training in philosophy and the replication, the number of years spent studying philosophy predicted more correct responses and fewer lured responses on the improved reflection test, controlling for the number of philosophy courses taught, which was not related to reflection test performance. Bivariate Regression Analysis All bivariate correlations between philosophical responses and reflection test performance from both studies are reported in Table 4. Aligning with the reflective convergence hypothesis, philosophers' reflection test performance predicted philosophical views about language and God, as well as intuitions about the trolley problem, for all reflection tests in both studies, most of which have been found among laypeople. Correlations between reflection test performance and philosophical preferences about internalism compared to externalism, about moral judgment, consequentialist versus deontological ethics, and empiricism versus rationalism about knowledge were not detected in either the prior study or the replication. Insofar as these correlations are widely found among laypeople, this would pose a challenge to the reflective convergence hypothesis. Notably, the correlation between reflection and philosophical tendencies about language from the prior study reversed in the replication. This change could suggest that the prior study's result about language was a false positive. It may also suggest that there's an unexpected result of the aforementioned wording change from, quote, Santa Claus to, quote, Santa Claus or Dolphin. Further investigation could help arbitrate between these null and pragmatic Q hypotheses. The correlations detected in both studies ranged from small to large. Visualizations of all bivariate reflection philosophy correlations for both studies can be found in the appendix. As a result of a larger sample and better measures, the replication was able to directly and conceptually replicate multiple results from the prior study, often detecting larger correlations than anticipated in the a priori power analysis. The most and largest correlations between reflection test performance and philosophical tendencies were detected with the newer, less mathematical, and less familiar 14-item reflection test in the replication. Nonetheless, even the small correlations between this test and philosophical tendencies aligned with the past work from non-philosophers. For instance, the replication detected correlations between reflection test performance and non-naturalism. Nonetheless, the replication conducted twice as many bivariate correlation tests because it reported correlations with both the original three-item CRT and the updated reflection test battery. To err on the side of conservatism, this replication included in the multiple regression analyses only the philosophical items whose bivariate correlations with reflection test performance had p-values less than or equal to the Bonferroni corrected alpha threshold of 0.001. As pre-registered, only when reflection test performance predicted philosophical tendencies above and beyond other factors in the subsequent multiple regression analyses was partial confounding of these reflection philosophy correlations tested. Multiple regression analysis. The bivariate correlational analyses did not account for other variables that sometimes correlate with unreflective and reflective reasoning, such as prior familiarity with the cognitive reflection test, philosophical training, gender, personality, and other demographic factors. So it's not clear whether philosophical judgments correlate with reflection per se or with other variables that correlate with reflection. To test the relationship between reflection and philosophical judgments while controlling for these variables, pre-registered multiple regression analyses were conducted. Overall, the multiple regression analysis found that the improved reflection test predicted variance in more philosophical tendencies in the replication than the original three-item mathematical reflection test predicted in the prior study. 
after controlling for other factors such as education and gender. More specific findings from the multiple regressions are as follows. Reflection test performance. Further aligning with the reflective convergence hypothesis, reflection test performance in the replication study correlated with philosophical tendencies about language, God, and science, above and beyond other factors. On average, the more that people selected the faulty lured response on reflection tests, the more that they tended to accept theism rather than agnosticism or atheism, further aligning with existing meta-analyses of lay people. Also, selecting the correct response on reflection tests correlated with thinking that science describes the fundamental nature of reality rather than merely producing useful predictions and technology, extending similar results among laypeople. Unexpectedly, both lured and correct reflection test responses correlated with thinking that the use of words like Santa Claus or dolphin entail merely that the ideas of Santa Claus or dolphins exist, not that these reference actually exist. An unexpected result that receives more attention in the partial confound analyses. Other variables. Reflection test performance no longer explained much variance in some philosophical tendencies after controlling for other variables, suggesting that some bivariate reflection philosophy correlations were confounded with these other variables. In both studies, those other variables included education and personality, aligning with past work on non-philosophers, and with the full reflection philosophy confound hypothesis. In the prior study, familiarity with reflection test answers, gender, and citizenship in a weird country were more predictive of some philosophical tendencies than reflection test performance. Once again, this aligns with the demographic differences among non-philosophers. The replication found that logical competence and self-reported preferences for open-minded thinking also predicted more variance in some philosophical tendencies than reflection test performance, which is compatible with prior research on laypeople. Notably, neither age nor numeracy predicted much variance in philosophical tendencies beyond the other factors. Overall, this multiple regression analysis suggests that the reflection philosophy correlations were not always explained by correlates of reflections such as numeracy, logical competence, preferences for open-minded thinking, personality, or gender. Moreover, this reaffirms the value of controlling for different reasoning tests and preferences when predicting philosophical tendencies. Partial confound analysis. Both the prior and the replication studies found that reflection test performance predicted some philosophical tendencies above and beyond potentially confounding factors. In short, full confounding of some reflection philosophy correlations was not detected. This satisfied the pre-registered conditions for mediation analysis to quantify the partial confounding in these reflection philosophy relationships, something that cannot be inferred from the aforementioned multiple regression analyses alone. While mediation analysis is often thought to be limited to experimental designs, quote, from a strictly statistical perspective, mediation is indistinguishable from confounding, end quote, which is the phenomena of interest in this paper. So the mediation analyses will be referred to as confounding analyses. Monte Carlo power analysis for indirect effects running 1,000 replications and 20,000 draws per repetition suggested that the replication had 97% power to detect confounding relationships. The two variables that predicted as much or more variance in philosophers' views as reflection test performance predicted in the multivariate analyses were education, that is, whether one had completed graduate-level coursework in philosophy, and self-reported preferences for open-minded thinking. So the following analyses first tested how philosophy PhD status was partially confounded with the relationship between reflection and philosophical tendencies about language, God, and science. 
If no confounding with philosophy PhD status was detected, then confounding with actively open-minded thinking preferences was tested. To avoid the limitations of the prior study, such as CRT familiarity, reflection test performance is based on the new rather than the original reflection test items from the replication. Quantification of the confounding relationships are in Figure 1. Either graduate-level training in philosophy or self-reported preferences for actively open-minded thinking, but not both, accounted for some of the variance in philosophical views that was otherwise accounted for by reflection test performance. For two of the three reflection philosophy relationships, confounding with philosophical training was not detected. Section 4. General Discussion In two large studies of mostly philosophers, correlations between reflection test performance and philosophical tendencies were detected, supporting the first reflective convergence hypothesis and challenging the fourth reflective ceiling effect hypothesis. Most of these correlations between reflection test performance and philosophical tendencies were not detected when controlling for confounding factors in line with the second full reflection philosophy confound hypothesis. However, the philosophy reflection correlations that survived this multivariate analysis were nonetheless partially confounded with either completion of graduate level coursework in philosophy or self-reported preferences for actively open-minded thinking, supporting the third partial reflection philosophy confound hypothesis. Also, although correct reflection test answers correlated with the utilitarian or harm-minimizing response to the trolley problem, those correct reflection test responses did not, contrary to the fifth intuition-belief-alignment hypothesis, also correlate with endorsement of the utilitarian ethical view that has been said to motivate such trolley problem intuitions. Overall, these data suggest that most of the reflection philosophy correlations studied herein could be confounded with other reasoning tendencies or demographic factors. Nonetheless, correlations between reflection test performance and judgments about the existence of entities like God and about the truth of scientific theories that have been found among laypeople were also detected in samples that included philosophers, even after controlling for graduate-level coursework in philosophy in nearly a dozen other demographic variables. 4.1. Reflection and Metaphilosophical Orientation Philosophers and laypeople's reflection test performance reliably predicted beliefs about what exists, controlling for confounds. Believing in God was more common on average the more that people fell for the lure on reflection tests. However, believing that words like Santa Claus refer to things that actually exist, or that scientific theories don't describe the fundamental nature of the world was less common on average the more that people correctly answered reflection tests. Prior research on philosophers found that preferences for theism clustered together with, quote, anti-naturalist, end quote, philosophical tendencies such as non-naturalism. In the same data, anti-realism about science clustered together with other, quote, anti-realist, end quote, tendencies like the aforementioned Fregian view to proper names such as Santa Claus. So in the present data, seemingly non-naturalist and anti-realist philosophical tendencies were more common among philosophers and laypeople who were more likely to rely on faulty intuitions on reflection tests. Independent support for such a reflection metaphilosophy hypothesis is conferred by studies finding that less reflective reasoners were more prone to having paranormal beliefs, interpreting metaphors literally, and believing in God. Consider another reason to countenance this reflection metaphilosophy hypothesis. 
Scientific training involves not only identifying one's initial intuition or prediction, but also remaining skeptical about that initial reaction while one tests it. So scientific experience might translate well to reflection tests, which require participants to remain skeptical of their initial response until they can double-check that it satisfies all of the question's criteria. Also, the scientific education that trains one to reflect on one's initial impulse tends to be realist and methodologically naturalist. As a result, scientific thinking may correlate with both more reflective, more naturalist, and more scientifically realist thinking, which could result in a bivariate correlation between reflection and naturalist thinking that was observed in the replication, even if this did not breach the Bonferroni corrected significance threshold. Experimental and longitudinal studies of this kind of effect of scientific training could better test this part of the reflection metaphilosophy hypothesis. 4.2. Reflection and Demographic Defaults The metaphilosophical hypothesis is just that, a hypothesis. Although compatible with some of the present evidence, it's not the only explanation of the present evidence. Ultimately, the promise of this metaphilosophical hypothesis depends on the results of further research. So even if the metaphilosophical hypothesis is consistent with the data presented in this paper, additional hypotheses might fruitfully supplement it. One such supplemental hypothesis is a demographic difference hypothesis. Multiple regression analysis in the prior study revealed that reflection test performance no longer predicted philosophical judgments about whether determinism precluded free will when controlling for whether philosophers were citizens of a weird country. Other studies also find evidence that reflection philosophy correlations can be founded, confounded with demographic factors. For example, the relationship between reflection and atheism has varied across countries. These demographic variations in the relationship between reflection and philosophical tendencies may generate fruitful hypotheses. For example, perhaps reflection leads one to question not only one's initial impulse on a reflection test, but also the dominant philosophical tendencies of one's household, community, or society. Indeed, this is one potential explanation of why reflection may correlate with disbelief in God in the long run, even though momentary instances of reflection can cause atheists to question their disbelief. Of course, if theism is sufficiently intuitive, then analytic atheism correlations may not fully reverse when the demographic default is atheism. Perhaps this is why reflection test performance correlated weakly with atheism rather than in the opposite direction in societies with lower levels of religiosity. This sort of default interventionist approach to demographic variation in reflection philosophy correlations might be able to explain puzzles about reflection philosophy correlations that the other hypotheses cannot explain on their own. Of course, it may be that both metaphilosophical and demographic factors are related to philosophical tendencies. There's growing support for such a dual inheritance hypothesis about philosophical tendencies among non-philosophers. So subsequent research might profitably extend this literature by testing dual inheritance hypotheses about philosophical tendencies among both lay people and people with advanced education from different parts of the world. Section 5. Conclusion. The current research replicated and clarified some of the relationships between reflection and philosophical tendencies. The reflective convergence hypothesis was largely supported. Philosophers' reflection test performance correlated with some of the philosophical tendencies that have correlated with non-philosophers' reflection test performance, for instance, judgments about God, science, politics, and moral dilemmas, as well as other philosophical tendencies, for example, views about language, mind, mental content, time, and personal identity. However, after controlling for other factors, such as numeracy, preferences for open-minded thinking, personality, philosophical training, age, and gender, 
most of these correlations between reflection and philosophical tendencies were undetected, supporting the reflection-confound hypothesis. The partial reflection philosophy-confound hypothesis was also supported. When reflection did correlate with philosophical tendencies over and above other factors, part of these reflection-philosophy relationships were confounded with either philosophical training or self-reported reasoning preferences. Contrary to the intuition-belief-alignment hypothesis, while reflection correlated with intuitions about the trolley problem, it did not correlate much with acceptance of the consequentialist ethical view that has been thought to motivate these intuitions. So one should not necessarily infer that utilitarianism as a view somehow involves more reflection just because correct reflection test answers predicted a so-called utilitarian response to a particular moral dilemma. This is not to say that the two types of philosophical judgments are unrelated, such that accepting the utilitarian trade-offs and sacrificial moral dilemmas allegedly fails to correspond with endorsement of consequentialist ethics. On the contrary, the so-called utilitarian response to the trolley problem correlated with a preference for consequentialist ethics in both the prior study and the replication, a finding that aligns with earlier samples that also included philosophers. So while the intuitions about odd cases may in fact relate to acceptance of more general philosophical views that are relevant to the case, the current evidence suggests that reflection test performance may be related to the former, but not the latter. Finally, contrary to the ceiling effect hypothesis, there were some robust relationships between philosophers' reflection test performance and their philosophical tendencies. Above and beyond other factors, unreflective thinking still predicted believing in God. Likewise, reflective thinking still predicted believing that proper names like Santa Claus do not necessarily refer to entities that actually exist, and believing that science does reveal the fundamental nature of the world. In other words, some differences in lay people's and philosophers' philosophical tendencies corresponded in part to not thinking alike during reflection tests. This podcast was sponsored by Pimsleur. Pimsleur claims to help you become conversational in another language quickly and effectively so that you can understand and be understood when speaking to someone in another language. Remember to check out more at the link in the podcast description. If you want to hear more, you can subscribe wherever you find podcasts. You can also find out more about me and my research at my website, birdnick.com on Twitter at bird underscore Nick, or on Facebook at birdnick, one word. If you have suggestions or questions for the podcast, you can submit them at birdnick.com forward slash contact. And of course, if you end up enjoying the Upon Reflection podcast, then feel free to tell people about it online, in person, or in your review. Thanks. Music for the Upon Reflection podcast is produced by me, on GarageBand. All of my music is shareable under a Creative Commons license. You can find more of my music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com forward slash birdnick. <laughs>